Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Coaching Matters Podcast brought to you by Fundraising University and Brian Kane Peak Performance. Coaching Matters is a nonprofit foundation whose primary purpose is to help coaches, athletes, and activities directors succeed in their programs, schools, and communities. Fundraising University works to help you raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference to support coaches and activities directors in enhancing the student experience and life skill development that is a critical component of our educational systems. Brian Kane, one of the world's leading mental performance coaches, works to educate, empower, and energize you to be your best through his 10 pillars of mental performance mastery systems. Together, each week, we bring you interviews, question and answer sessions, and group coaching around mastering mental performance, creating elite culture, and developing the leadership skills you need to succeed. And now, this week's Coaching Matters podcast. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, your mental performance coach here with Coaching Matters Group Coaching, sponsored by Fundraising University. And super excited this evening to build off of what we did in our last Coaching Matters group call with Barry Davis, the head doctor, should say Dr. Barry Davis, the head baseball coach at Ryder University, where he talked with us about leadership and leadership strategies to give yourself the best chance for success. So if you weren't able to participate in that call live with, with Coach Davis, if you head to briancane.com slash coaching dash matters, you can find the link to that episode as well as our first episode where we did an overview on the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery. And you can also pick up these episodes in the audio version on our podcast, which you can find on Spotify. Also can find those at briancane.com slash coaching matters. Super excited here tonight to talk about a concept that I think is prevalent, not only in high school sports and college athletics, but in activities, in sales, in the corporate world. And everyone who I've had the privilege of working with from, from Corbin Burns, who just threw a no-hitter two nights ago with the Milwaukee Brewers, to the nine-year-old baseball player who's pitching for the first time, is we found that routines and habits lead to consistency. So if you're taking notes with us here tonight on this Coaching Matters call, we're going to dive into routines and habits of excellence. And how I'd like to attack tonight is we'll spend our first 25 to 30 minutes really teaching and discussing routines and habits of excellence. And then on our next call, the second half of our call, we will go into discussing and taking questions about maybe the direct application. So if you have questions as we go through tonight's call, please feel free to put them inside of our chat. We'll make sure we we answer those questions, but let's get started with routines and habits. Now, why are routines and habits essential for us as a coach or us as an athlete? Because if you want to be consistent, you have to describe what you do as a process. We learned that from Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, one of the best-selling business books of all times. He says that if you want to be consistent over time, you've got to describe what you do as a process. Well, 
let's take the word process and look inside of NCAA sports and look at maybe the greatest coach of our, of our generation uh, and listen to the, the coaches on this call. Maybe the greatest coach ever in NCAA sports, not named John Wooden is Nick Saban and the head football coach at the university of Alabama. And what does Nick Saban talk about? He talks about the process in the process that leads to them winning. And when you think about establishing a process, really what that is, is a set of consistent behaviors over time that give you the best chance for success. That's a process. That's where routines and habits of excellence come into play because if you want to be consistent, it starts with those routines. So when we're looking at you as a coach or for you and your athletes, if your athletes are on this call with us tonight as well, is let's look at some of the routines that we want to build into our lives. Let's start with like how we start our day. So our AM routine and our PM routine become critical. And the AM routine is how I start my day. And some of the activities that high performers I work with use to start their day. Well, the first one we picked up from Admiral William McRaven, the head of Navy SEALs and, and military, Navy Special Operations, was to simply make your bed. And it's a great, easy read, his book, Make Your Bed. He talks about how when you make your bed in the morning, it does a couple things for you. One, it, it starts your day with a win. And it starts your day by acting different than how you feel. And I think that's one of the key things to understand if you're a high achiever is you're not always going to feel like doing the work, but you do the work anyway. And I think here's a great mindset to share with your athletes is that average athletes, average performers, let feelings drive actions. Elite performers know actions change feelings. I had a conversation today with an ice hockey team here, uh, the, the Baltimore Skipjacks right outside, right outside of Baltimore. And as we were talking, I asked him, I said, uh, does motivation come before or after you start your activity? And to a man, this 18 and under team, 24 players, motivation comes before. And I'm going to challenge that idea. Motivation comes after movement begins. And it's the start that stops most people from, from that movement. So that's where routines become so important is that when we establish the routine, it starts the behavior with least, the least amount of friction. It starts the behavior with the least amount of interference. So a morning routine, making the bed, act different than how I feel, pay attention to detail, start the day with a win in case the rest of my day is, is not good. At least I come home to a bed that's made. The other aspects of morning routines, and I would encourage you to write this down as a coach, because as a coach, if you want your program to improve, if you want your program to become more, whether it's the University of Michigan softball, whether it's a high school anywhere in the country, if you want more, you have to become more. And if you want your team to become more, you have to become more as the coach. So how do you become more? I think one of the first things that you want to implement into your daily plan is to sweat before screens. All the research that comes out on the benefit of movement, the research that comes out on the activation of your brain, the increasing your resilience, increasing positivity, increasing and you know increasing your productivity, decreasing your stress management, starts with moving first thing in the morning. So I know personally, and I've heard from some of my clients that in order to get moving in the morning, there's a couple of key things I can also do as part of my PM routine that will kickstart my AM routine. And if you listen to a lot of motivational speakers talk, which I'd like to think of myself as a, as a mental performance coach over a motivational speaker, although I'll play that role, but I think where a speaker and a system are different is a speaker might get you excited for, for three days to three weeks where a system could keep you going for three to 30 years. So we want to be systematic as coaches and motivational. 
but your systems are what are going to determine your results. So your, your PM routine is the kickstart of that system because that's what gets the AM routine going. So think about some keys in your PM routine. One, lay your clothes out the night before. If you know what you're going to wear, right? My parents used to say this to me and I was like in junior high and high school and I, and I, and I listened and I've continued this habit. And, and now that I hear you know, other mental performance coaches and highly successful people speaking, they talk about eliminate the decisions. Give yourself the best chance for success by making the harder decisions, maybe when you have more time or more energy at night. So laying out your clothes the night before for the high school athlete eliminates a lot of time in the morning and decision-making in the morning about what am I going to wear when I wake up and I still got the sleep in my eyes and I'm a little bit tired. You've made that decision the night before. So for, my, for me to get my sweat before screen started here and even in this hotel, I've got my clothes that I'm going to wear laid out right there on the couch on top of my shoes. And I, here's another part of the PM routine. I will plug my phone in as an alarm where I can't reach it in bed. Because some of you make this mistake. If you can plug your phone in and reach it in bed, you are on that thing all night, inviting distractions into your world. If you're with me, raise a hand. And I can see that you're with me. And when I share this with high school athletes, they will all sit back and they'll laugh. And I'll be like, when's the last time you were on your phone in bed and you were watching something and then you saw something on Snapchat or saw something on Instagram or someone sent you a text message. And then next thing you know, you put your phone down and you can't stop thinking about what you just saw. We call that attention residue. That attention residue that sits there in your brain. It's like for you as coaches, maybe you go, I'm going to do one more scan through my email. You look at that email. Oh, And now you can't stop thinking about it because it's about something you got to do tomorrow. Or you had a student who tested positive, or you have a parent meeting now there, or somebody sent you an email because, you know, you played their, 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 their kid got 10 swings instead of nine swings or their kid got nine instead of 10. Now it's a major problem, right? It is part of something in high school sport, what we deal with. So when you invite that attention residue into your brain, because you're on your phone in bed, it's not that you lack discipline. It's that you lack a system and your system should be close out the night before, no cell phone in bed. Plug the cell phone in if you have to in the bathroom. Plug the cell phone in if you need to in your room because it's an alarm clock somewhere where you physically have to get out of bed. Because if you can touch the snooze bar in the morning, you will have that moment of weakness and you'll hit the snooze bar. Here's another part of the PM routine. Set the routine at the time that you want to get out of bed, right? Like a lot of these high school athletes will say, oh, well, I wake up at 6.30 And then I hit the snooze bar and I get up at 645. I'm like, just set the alarm for 645. And when the alarm rings, answer it. When the bell rings, answer it. When the phone rings and you're in the bullpen and they're saying, hey, come into the game, answer the phone, right? Give yourself that extra 15 minutes of sleep. Why are you waking yourself up just to go back to bed to then get out of bed in 15 minutes? Now, if you're saying I wake up at 630 and I lay in bed for 15 minutes and I meditate and visualize what my day is going to look like as part of my morning routine, that's different than I wake up and I go back to sleep for 15 minutes because I'm comfortable in bed. If you're doing that, just set your alarm for 15 minutes later, have a better system. So close out the night before phone where you can't reach it in bed. If you're a student athlete on this call, thanks for being here and pack your bag the night before I'm working with one of the, one of the top high school baseball prospects out of Illinois. And those are three things that we adjusted in his routine two weeks ago when we started doing one-on-one coaching. Close out, pack your school bag the night before, phone not in bed. And he has, he said, I wake up with a lot more energy. I'm I'm getting to bed earlier. I've gone from six and a half hours of sleep a night to closer to eight. He's like, what a difference it's made. Improving his system. So in that morning routine, having breakfast, And maybe turning that decision of what I'm going to have for breakfast over to a routine as well. 
So do you have a protein shake where you can lay things out the night before? Do you do what's they call would call overnight oats, right? Which is a simple recipe you can find online where like you have uh, oats and fruit or whatever, you know, put inside of a bowl and you put it in the fridge and you wake up and it's already there. It's part of your PM routine. You make breakfast for the next day because by a show of hands for the people on this call, how many of you will be better at decision-making like at night than you will first thing when you wake up in the morning? Most people will be that way. So let's play the game in our favor and do those things at night. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think and go ahead and take a minute and jot down. And if you're driving a car, joining us, let's not do this. If you're listening to the video of this and you're driving a car, let's not do that. Let's make sure you do it in a time where you're free. Is I want you to write down three steps, three steps to your PM routine, three steps to your AM routine. What are they going to be? Go ahead and jot those down. And as you're jotting those down, I'll share some other aspects of maybe an AM routine that can be beneficial. One I think is listening to the Coaching Matters podcast. I think that can be very beneficial for you to listen to as you, as you go through this program with us to get more reps. Another one in your morning routine can be to listen to my Mental Performance Daily podcast, where I give you three minutes a day uh, to help with your, with your mental performance and your mental game. Another uh, recommendation would be to call Success Hotline with Dr. Rob Gilbert. And that phone number is 973-743-4690. He leaves a three-minute message on an answering machine each morning, which he's done since January 22nd, 1992, almost 11,500 days. You can also pick up Success Hotline on the podcast. Breakfast, sweat before screens. Maybe you do some visualization for your day, some meditation. If you're an athlete, right? One of the things you could do, and I had an athlete who started to do this, is they were trying to develop more upper body strength. So they used a routine called doorway triggers. Here's a great one. Well, first, let's talk about a doorway trigger that you're probably all familiar with. University of Notre Dame football program. They have a sign that they hit every day. Boom. Play like a champion today. What we call that? A doorway trigger. They're going down the tunnel or out of the tunnel up to the stadium and they see that sign and they hit it. It's a trigger to remind them. I'm at Fairfield Lacrosse. It's... um, this past week with their great coach, Andrew Baxter, who won a national championship at Yale University. I just posted this on my Instagram account. If you take a look at this, at Brian Kane Peak on Instagram, I posted a sign of their locker room door. On the ground, there's a picture of sand. He drew a line. There's a, there's a line in sand on the ground in front of their locker room door. Above the door are two words, get big. And he says, when you leave this locker room, whether it's you leaving it to go out to the practice facility or after practice, you leaving this locker room to go out to campus. He says, when you leave this locker room, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to get big with your body language, whether that's bringing energy out to the practice field or bringing energy to this campus to serve your fellow students or bringing energy to the classroom to learn. And when you cross that line in the sand, you can't go back. You have to keep moving forward. So can we always have to draw a line in the sand? And we're talking about drying a line in the sand with a routine. Let's add another aspect of the PM routine. Call it a start, stop, continue. At the end of your day, draw a line in the sand on that day and do a quick reflection. If you've been with me for some time now, we talk a lot about what I call the three-step success cycle. Prepare, perform, reflect. And as coaches and athletes, think about how much you do this with your team. Think about where the time goes. How much of your time goes into prepare, perform, reflect? Well, for the majority of us, it goes into our preparation and then it goes into our performance and very little time goes into reflection. The problem with that is reflection is where the learning happens. 
So each night before your head hits the pillow, you can do this when you're in the shower before you go to bed. You can do this when you're brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth is a trigger. A doorway is a trigger. Things that you do consistently are a trigger. When I was most consistent with calling Success Hotline was when I was a high school athletic director, I would drive to the office every day. I'd get in the car. I'd call Success Hotline. So without the trigger, the routine's going to break down. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this, this doorway trigger for this athlete, when they, she, would, she would walk into, into the, the bathroom in her, in, her, in her room, and she had a pull-up bar above the door. She's like, I couldn't do a pull-up. I wanted more upper body strength, basketball player. I said, okay, well, if you can't do a pull-up, let's get started. It's to start to stop those people. And she would jump up on the pull-up bar and hold it there. And she would do an eccentric contraction. She'd count to 10 and try to hold herself on the pull-up bar for 10 seconds. And then she was able to do one pull-up. And every time she went in and out of that bathroom, she would do a pull-up. Just like every time Notre Dame football players go up and down the stairway, they hit the sign, play like a champion today. Like every time the, the Fairfield lacrosse players go out of the locker room, they hit to get big sign. You've got to set your doorway triggers. Now, I know we've got some coaches on this call that are also high school teachers. Here's a game changer strategy for you to bring not just to your student athletes, but to your students because they need mental performance as much as your student athletes. And the only place they're going to get it, coach, is maybe from you because coaching matters. My life was changed by my high school football coach, John Allen, because he taught these strategies without maybe knowing he was teaching mental performance. So this math teacher at Mount Mansfield High School in Vermont, Jeff Davis, he had a sign outside of his classroom that said, learn like a champion today. Very creative. He took the same font like they had on the play like a champion sign at Notre Dame. And his students would hit the learn like a champion sign as they were coming in, triggering their mindset that this is a class where I want to come in today to learn like a champion. So your AM and PM routines, we use those to bookend our day. Now, let's bring that into athletics. At the end of the school day, I transition from student into athlete. At the end of the athletic day, I transition from athlete back to student. How do I make that transition like Clark Kent into Superman? Superman back into Clark Kent. In our jobs, how do I make that transition from mom, dad into super coach? And then from super coach back into mom and dad when I get home. And part of that routine is, again, let's come up with a three-step process, is number one, and I was just at, at, at TCU, their coach, Kirk Sarlos, the new head baseball coach there, we talked about with his team, week one of them having practice, how do I transition from a student into the baseball player? Here's what they did. They had a place where they put their cell phones. They have a, a uh, their cubbies, right, where they get their clothes, which we don't typically have that at the high school level, but what we could have is we could have a, a basically it's a shoe rack. So in the team I'm with now here at um, the, the Baltimore Skipjacks, on the back of the door, they have one of those places where you would put shoes. It's a cell phone holder, numbers one through 25. They put their phones in there. That's the first trigger that says, I'm getting rid of my phone. I'm locking into my teammates. Fairfield across, they have a bin like drawers you would have in your office. And on the bin, it says numbers one through 10, 11 through 20, 30 through 31. That's your number. That's where your phone goes. So you look in there, you find your phone. So the first step is put your phone up. And when you put your phone up, that symbolizes I'm not inviting distractions into my world. I'm going to be where my feet are. I'm going to be present. And remember, coaches, the greatest gift that you can give to your team is to be present. Athletes, the greatest gift that you can give to your performance is to be present. Look, yesterday's history. I did a call today with the LSU gymnastics team. We talked about the power of now. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow, that's a mystery. Today's a gift. That's why we call it the present. Can you be where your feet are locked into now? 
the first step is putting my phone down saying, I don't need to be important to the 50,000 people outside of here. I need to be important and present for the 50 people who are in here. And for the coaches on the call, I'm at a Friday night high school football game in the locker room at halftime. Half the team is on their phone. Same thing in college football. Why are you on your phone at halftime? Why are you more concerned about the opinions of people in the fans, your family, the crowd, instead of the people in that locker room and connecting with them and figuring out adjustments? So coaches, you got to address that because you may not see it because at halftime, what are you doing? You're working on game plan. You know what your team's doing? Connecting to people whose opinions don't matter at that point. So let's address that right out of the shoot. You may not ever see it. What you might do is you might have an assistant coach go in there and see, just observe and see if your players are doing it and then have an educational conversation. So one, phones go up. Two, change your clothes. When you change your clothes, and I would encourage you to not wear, um, like for example, when I'm at Fairfield, I said, don't wear Fairfield lacrosse gear unless you're at a Fairfield lacrosse activity. Why? When you put that gear on, that's a special time for you to lock in and change into those clothes. So use your clothes to adjust your mindset. Take the street clothes off. You might have had a miserable day. There's my t-shirt. There's the test I didn't do well on. There goes my jeans. That's the relationship breakup I had. Let me put my backpack in that bag. That's all the stuff I'm bringing in from home. Let me use some strategies to separate the who and the do. Let me separate who I am outside of athletics and get locked into what I need to do that day. Because the most important day in the history of your sports team is today. Why? Because you're living it. So let's treat it that way. Let's treat it as that special. Let's have a routine to help us to do that. And then here's the third thing you do. We take this from Kobe Bryant. Is lace it up, lock it in. Lace it up, lock it in. When the lights would go out and they would start to introduce the players in that night's NBA basketball game, Kobe Bryant would untie his shoes, tie him back up, lace it up, lock it in, mamba mentality. So we may not have time to do that right before the, the game during introductions, but let's do it when we come out of the locker room. So cell phone up, change my clothes, shoes go on. I'm putting my uniform on just like for you as coaches, you got your uniform that you put on for practice. Chad Morris, great football coach at Allen high school. And one of the things when I worked with him at SMU, he had, when he was the head football coach there, then at Arkansas, he had a board in the locker room and it would have hooks on it. And it'd be the coach's number underneath or the coach's name underneath each of the hooks and the whistle would live there. And when they would walk out to the football practice facility, they grabbed the whistle and put it on and they were flipping on the switch to be coach. And that was a trigger. Now, when practice is over and I'm coming out of practice, I reverse those three things. First thing I do, I take off my shoes. And as I take off my shoes, let's say you're an outside team, you're a football team, a soccer team who's here, maybe take your shoes off. You're hitting your shoes. You're knocking off the dirt, right? We don't do that on an indoor sport. And if I'm a swimmer, I'm not wearing shoes. So maybe I use the towel. I towel off the water, right? And then as I put my sweatshirt and sweatpants back on at the end of the day, I always change out of my athletic gear into my street clothes. So the first thing, take off the shoes. Second thing, when I take off the clothes, right? I change my, my clothes. There's the, there's the pass I dropped in practice. There's the, there's the, the, you know, shot, easy layups that I missed. I, I leave that stuff in the locker and then I take my cell phone out. I put it back on. I grab my cell phone back on. I'm ready to go. Now, not a lot of high school teams even have locker rooms. So they might be changing in their car. They might be changing somewhere, going home in the clothes they wear at practice, doing their own laundry. Beautiful. Let's throw another one in. Here's a simple activity that I use with, with almost every one of the professional athletes I work with. This is one of their favorites. And I think it applies to all of us who carry a backpack, which is almost every athlete who's in a school. 
So in your backpack, you have a little um, journal. And when you get to the athletic facility, before you walk in maybe to the locker room, you take out your journal and you do a quick little write down of your focus for the day. Let's call it your three keys to keep it simple. What are my three keys to keep it simple in practice today? One, bring energy. Two, win 50-50 balls. Three, communicate. One, what do I want to do in practice today? Let's make sure a specific athletic move. I want to get out front as I'm making this pitch. Two, I want to work fast. Three, I want to project confidence. So they come up with three keys for them to work on that day in practice. That's kind of a trigger to get started. Close the notebook, goes back in my bag, go out to practice. At the end of practice, before I leave, I take out my notebook. I take a look at my three keys. I evaluate, how did I do? Maybe I write down, here's what I got to start. Here's what I want to stop. Here's what I'm going to continue based off of how I perform today in practice. Because practice isn't a performance. Practice is a performance and practice is important. Practice is critical. If you want a better outcome, have better preparation. If you want to have a better outcome, have better preparation. Separation is in preparation. How I prepare for my day, PM routine into AM routine. How I prepare for that day's performance and practice or competition, pre-practice routine, post-practice routine. Now let's talk about in-practice routines, in-game routines. And the one thing I encourage you to do in-game routine is add a breath when you can. Now we got different sports on here. As I take a look through here, we've got a boxing coach. We got a volleyball coach. We've got uh, a baseball coach. We've got mental performance coaches. We've got football coaches. We've got a lot of different sports in here. And one of the things that you want to add into what you're doing is add a deep breath as part of your routine. And here's why you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. You have to be in control of yourself before you can be in control of your performance. Well, how do you, how do you get in control of yourself? The number one way to get into the present is to breathe. So in terms of adding a breath into the routine, in sports where there's a definite pause, a sport like baseball, softball, volleyball, tennis, golf, football, we know when the stop is coming. Football, it's coming every four to six seconds. Baseball, softball, boom, there's the pitch, stop, I got time. Golf, it's after I shoot. Golf, there's a lot of pause. Now, in other sports that are flow sports, boxing, wrestling, soccer, lacrosse, ice hockey, there's still stops in those sports. We just don't know when they're coming. And I used to think as a mental performance coach, I'd think, well, those flow sports that I call them, they're just not as mental. <laughs> and when I said that to coaches, it was like they took offense, man. They were like, whoa, 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 man, you got it all wrong. Like these sports are even more mental because we don't know when the stop is coming. Like every pitch in baseball, you got a chance to recognize where you're at and, and refocus. Every play in football, there's a whistle. You get to jog back to your side of the line of scrimmage. You get to then get yourself back in control and go. In hockey, we don't know when that's coming. Maybe on and over the boards, right? Over and, and over the boards of both ways, on the ice, over the boards. Wrestling, you don't know when it's coming. So what you've got to be able to do is have something to go to. Please write that down. Have something to go to. And in 20 years of doing this work, if, if I would ask the athletes that go through this program, what was the biggest difference maker for you? The majority of them would say one of two things. 
One, learning to control what I can control. Or two, breathing. I mean, of all the 10 pillars and all the strategies and all the books read and all the work, man, it comes down to controlling what you can control and breathing. For example, I'm at a major college football program last week, power five college football program, working with a quarterback, one of the top five-star high school recruit coming out. And we get together. I, I post on Instagram. Hey, I'm here. Blah, 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 blah. He reaches out. We get together. Two and a half hours later, we've broken down part of the pre-snap routine. Here's what it would look like. Imagine you're a quarterback, okay? So you're here. You're behind the line of scrimmage. You're moving players. You're looking at the defense. You're doing everything you need to do. Here comes the play call. I'm calling it out. What do most quarterbacks do before they call for the snap? They go to their towel. They dry their hands. And as you're doing that, that's a trigger to take a deep breath. <sighs> Ball for the snap and play. Whistle happens. We're moving five yards forward. I'm looking at the play call, right? And this is all happening faster than I'm communicating here, but I'm looking at the play call. I'm making that play call on the field, calling out what's happening. I'm looking at the defense. Go to my towel, trigger. <sighs> Set hot. Boom, I call for the ball and I'm playing, right? Now the receiver is the same thing. If you watch the Olympics, every track runner, as they were getting ready to do an event, let's say I'm getting ready to do uh, hurdles and I'm getting down in the blocks, but I'm getting down in the blocks. If you Google Usain Bolt world record in the hundred or the event that he, that he set all the world records in, right? You sit there and you watch him. He's there. <sighs> deep breath. Boom. Gets in his stance. Wham. He's taken off like, like getting shot out of a cannon. But that breath is the pre-snap routine in football. I did a great podcast with a wide receiver named Cortland Sutton. If you go to Brian, if you just Google Brian Kane, Cortland Sutton podcast, Cortland was a receiver at, at uh, SMU. He was also a basketball player at SMU and is with the Denver Broncos has been an all pro with the Denver Broncos. And he talks about how every time he would line up in football as a receiver, he'd stand tall, take a breath, get in a stance, go. So building that in, having something to go to practicing your process because the breath keeps you present. So the breath has to be part of the routine. You'll see basketballs do it. Players do it at the free throw line. As we charge forward here into the in close, you know, down the home stretch in September, October baseball. If you get a chance to watch Corbin Burns, pitcher with the Milwaukee Brewers compete, who's right now a favorite for the NL Cy Young, who threw a no hitter two nights ago. If you get a chance, listen to the podcast I did with Corbin to search Brian Kane, Corbin Burns podcast. And you will see him every pitch as he comes set on the pitcher's mound and says he pitches out of the stretch only as a starter. He'll come set. He'll get the sign. He'll come set. And then throw. If you watch um, golfers, you'll see Phil Mickelson stand behind every shot. Walk up to the ball. So think about how you can build the breath into what you do in your sport. Now, Last thing on routines, we talked about AM, PM. We talked about startup and shutdown. We're talking about pre-play, maybe in soccer, a set piece, right? We know a play is going to happen. Take a deep breath before the corner, before the throw in. Let's talk about the last piece of the routine, what I call the release routine. Ken Revisa used to call it being able to flush it. So the release routine is when bad things happen in competition, when I get out of control, remember, you got to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. And I like to talk about self-control in athletics, like driving a car. When I'm coming through, driving a car, come to a green light, easy. Boom, I'm gone. I'm going. I drive a car. I come to a yellow light. I got to make a decision. And this is awareness. 
I come to that yellow light. Do I speed up? Do I slow down? Well, let me determine what's going to decide whether, let me decide what's going to determine whether I speed up or slow down. How far am I from the intersection? How fast am I going? What are the road conditions? Is there oncoming traffic coming on either side or in front of me? Is there a police officer in the rear view mirror? Are there any people walking or trying to cross the street? All that stuff comes to me like that. And I make a decision. Do I speed up or slow down? That's awareness. So in athletics, when you're in green lights, you're in control. When you're in yellow lights, you're losing control. When you're in red lights, you've lost control. And you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. Red light, I've totally lost control. So if you, when you catch yourself in a yellow light or a red light, you have to have something to go to. And if you watch Aaron Judge with the Yankees, right? They're, they're kind of in a playoff hunt right now. And the Yankees can be on TV a lot. If you watch Aaron Judge, every, every pitch, he's going to step out of the batter's box. He's going to look at the right field foul pole. He's going to think, okay, right field foul pole, mine's right. He's going to look at the barrel of his bat. When he looks at the barrel of his bat, that would be a spot he looks. I'm in control. I can see the barrel of my bat. I'm in the batter's box. When you see him in a yellow light, losing control, have something to go to. He'll step out, put his bat under his arm and undo his batting gloves. If he's in a red light, totally out of control, he'll go grab dirt, take the dirt, toss it away. And he thinks about throwing away that last pitch. If you check out an article, Aaron Judge plays in the dirt. It was on ESPN. It was on ESPN.com, his rookie season. And he talks about how playing in the dirt is something that he does that he makes an association with to let it go. NHL camps are starting up this week. I, th- I have a couple NHL players that when we talk about their release after a shift is that when they come back over the boards and they take their hockey stick, there's always like snow on the blade of their hockey stick. So they'll take their glove off. They'll wipe the snow off of the blade. And they think clear blade, clear mind. Pitchers will wipe a pitching rubber clean, clean rubber, clear mind, right? Football players, you'll see clap and clear, clap their hands, clear. If you see volleyball players, they might adjust knee pads. Soccer players might adjust shin pads. If you have female athletes that wear pre-wrap in their hair to keep their their hair from getting in their eyes, take the pre-wrap, basically run your hands through it, reset it, reset your your pre-wrap, reset your mindset. But these are all strategies that we use to help us to stay in the present moment and handle the pressure and the adversity that we're dealing with. So let's talk about three steps to a release. Okay, if I catch myself in red or yellow lights and I want to have a routine to bring it me back in the present moment, what are the three steps to that? Okay, step one is a physical action where I make an association. So we talked about cleaning a rubber, cleaning the snow off my hockey stick, a football player clapping their hands, a baseball player unstrapping their batting gloves. Uh, even in a combat sport like mixed martial arts, George St. Pierre, one of the things he used to do as a release is I'd say, George, is there anything that you do when you're inside of the octagon where if you catch yourself like in yellow lights or red lights, or you need to reset? Is there anything you can do? You would say, well, Brian, you know, sometimes the thing I do is I'll take my gloves because they get sweaty and it's easier to slide off of my opponent if they're sweaty and I will wipe them on my shorts. He's like, obviously, I'm not going to do that if I'm in striking distance. But a lot of times in an MMA fight, like you might be back a little bit, not within a striking distance, and I'll just wipe my gloves real quick. (sighs) He's like, when I wipe my gloves like that real quick, he's like, that's almost like a reset button for me. Physical action with association. Second step is just take a release breath. Think about blowing away the last pitch, blowing away the last play. Let that go. And then there's a ton of research on what the breath does in terms of slowing you down bringing oxygen in the system, things like that. And then the third step is a verbal trigger. Next play. So what? 
get big, got this, just something that you say. And I'll share the last, last piece here before we go into Q and a is UMass Amherst, their hockey coach guy named Greg Carvel. And I'm going to post inside of our chat here. It's one of the best videos I've ever seen on developing culture and mental performance in athletics. And Greg Carvel was the ice hockey coach at UMass. And when he took over the program, they were um, the worst program in college ice hockey, arguably. I think his first year, they finished 58 out of 60. Second year, biggest turnaround in NCAA hockey. They finished, uh, I think, 30, like sixth. So biggest turnaround in college hockey that year. Third year, they finished second. Fourth year is COVID. Season gets cut. Last year, 2021, his fifth season, number one in the country, national champions. And when we talk about having something to go to, he shares a ton of strategies around creating a championship culture. And one of the things that he said is he wanted to, 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 to have a common language for the coaches in here. He said, we want, our culture was our greatest competitive advantage. And he said that our culture had a unique language. And in some programs, if I said the word good, they'll look at you like, what? Other programs, you say the word good, and they know exactly what you're talking about. There's a Navy SEAL by the name of Jocko Willick, former Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL commander. He's the author of Discipline Equals Freedom. He's the author of uh, um, Extreme Ownership. Jocko Willink with his teams in the SEAL communities, anytime somebody would bring him something challenging, something difficult, something that they thought, well, boss, I'm not sure we can do this because it's so hard. His answer was always good. I just posted a video inside of our chat so you can watch that. And he'd say, times are going to get hard. Good. Let's test our training. And everything that they'd bring to him, he'd say, good. So Coach Carvel in the video that I posted also inside of our chat, the night before their national semifinal game in 2021, they're playing the two-time defending champion, University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, the team that knocked them out two years ago, the team that's won the two NAS two national championships. And the night before the game, he gets a phone call from his sport administrator at like 10 p.m. He says, Coach, we got a problem. What's up? One of our guys is tested positive. Who is it? It's our starting goaltender starting goaltender who was the best goalie in the country hadn't lost a game in the last two months he says well what is that it he goes well there's a couple of guys who got tagged with a contact trace who is it our leading scorer and your captain our power forward our backup goalie so here he is getting ready to go into a national semifinal in the frozen four and his two goalies are out and his probably two best offensive players are out his answer his response good he calls his assistant coaches what do they say Good. We got enough time to come up with a game plan. They're dropping the puck in like 18 hours. So one of the key things we want to learn to do as coaches and athletes is we want to make adversity our advantage. We want to choose our response. Jack Canfield in the book, The Success Principles, Dr. Rob Gilbert on Success Hotline and Urban Meyer in his book, Above the Line, all share one concept that I'll share with you here. And I share it in my 30-day athletes program and my coach's certification. And I'll probably mention it on every call we do here with Coaching Matters. E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. You cannot control the events around you. You can only control your response to those events. Look, as high school coaches, as high school athletes, we know that coaching matters. We know that high school sports are a pivotal time where you are developing life skills that can change the course of your life forever. 
One of my friends who's a Texas high school football coach, he says, I don't coach high school football. He says, I run a leadership and character development program that plays football. I thought that was fantastic. And in order to do that, and in order to create the life-changing program, obviously you got to have resources to be able to go to coaches clinics to, to increase your education. You got to be able to, to, to do things with your team, team building retreats, activities, dinners, the things that all coaches need to do that unfortunately, we're not always the most financially funded to be able to do those things. That's why I was so uh, excited to jump at the opportunity with Fundraising University to be able to do these coaching matters calls because it's an opportunity for me to help you as a high school coach. When my life was changed by a high school coach, I was a high school athletic director for eight years. I know the value and the power that you have as a high school coach to impact lives and to change schools, to change communities and change the world. But if you want more, you got to become more. And to become more, I want to encourage you to become a machine of routine and to build routines and habits in your program. And last on our, our last, man, I got so I'm so excited. On our last call, we talked about an app called Habit Share. Start using Habit Share with your program. It's a free app that you can use to help bring awareness, accountability, support, and clarity. Right? I think all great programs they have support, accountability, and clarity. You can bring that using the app Habit Share with your program. I'll post a link inside of here, and it's a free app. But I know a lot of things that you want to do with your program that they aren't free. So I want to thank uh, Fundraising University again and, and their owner, Mike Bahoon, for sponsoring the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast. And for our coaches that are here listening, like if you're interested in how Fundraising University can help you raise ten dollars to $45,000 in just one hour of a fundraiser, please visit fundraisingu.net and click on start fundraiser to sign up today to help your program dream big and raise more so you can enhance that student athlete experience. So you can enhance the, the experience that your student athletes get. So I want to make sure that you know that that's available to you. And I want to, again, personally thank coach Mike Bahoon and fundraising university for allowing me the opportunity to join you here tonight with coaching matters. We're going to stop this part of the podcast. We're going to go into a question and answer with our great coaches that we have here tonight. Thanks for being here until next time. Let's not count the days. Let's make those days count. Let's dream big, raise more. Let's make a difference. Thanks for checking out this week's coaching matters podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a subscribe and a review. Also, be sure to engage with us on social media here in the notes for the show. And remember, dream big, raise more, and coaching matters.